In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine... Well, very little, actually. Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play Music. Today, I'm trying something that's pretty new. We're watching the first three episodes of This Is Us, a hit TV drama from 2016 about the intersecting lives and families of four people who have the same birthday. It also has an amazing ensemble cast, including Milo Ventimiglia. If I should really know how to say his name since he's... He was on Gilmore Girls, right? I know. He's the best boyfriend that Rory ever has on Gilmore Girls, but I don't know how to say his name, apparently. Um, Mandy Moore and Sterling K. Brown. Uh, but I've never seen it, possibly because the ads for This Is Us that run on TV are the worst. I want more credit than that. It's not just the TV ads. It's literally okay. all the attention that the show gets. It's not just the TV ads. It's TV critics. It's headlines on entertainment sites. It's things I've read about it on the various entertainment sites that I follow. It's not just the ads. Emily it's the is entire, a This Is Us hipster. It's you're the, you're, you're no, a This Is Us. <laughs> I'm not a hipster about it. It's the entire like like pop cultural presence of that show drives me up the fucking wall. It's like, <laughs> I, and, and yeah, like I don't think either of us has ever been this openly had a, this this much open animosity toward a, something, something we that, haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> like that we do on the pod. Like usually it's just like, oh, I've never gotten around to that, or like I didn't know it existed. But like I this everything like this it just irritates me so much. It just looks. And everything that I have seen about it and I have, like, nothing has, everything about it is just, like, looks like it is just engineered to be it just, like, emotionally manipulative. Like, the entire point is just, like, is just, like, oh, like, every episode is just, like, gut punch after gut punch and you're gonna cry. And it's, I'm like, fuck that. I don't want something that's like that. Like, I, ugh, ah. I, I have I have a, a proposal is that maybe we could watch a couple episodes of the show and then decide after maybe. Ugh, fine. <laughs> I love I love like how energetic you are about hating the show. It's not just like oh I'm not interested in that. It's that all of the marketing and the critics and all of the discussion around it. You you it has turned into a a passion all of its own for you of, of just ha- how how anti this is us you are <laughs> well and i mean part of it is because you're making me watch it but like yeah that's but, true I'm, yeah I'm part i mean of the, it's, the thing is that like most most things like you know i i see the marketing and the coverage and all of the attention and the buzz that they get and my reaction is either like oh that looks good i want to watch that or like oh that doesn't look like my thing or like no right but like this this really like makes me makes me go in like I I I feel like I hate this show. Like I hate everything I see about it, which Let's is weird because out. I like because I do like Milo Ventimiglia. He is like I'm totally Team Jess. Sterling K. Brown was amazing in The People versus O.J. Simpson. I like. I still Mandy haven't Moore. seen that. I I I, oh, I only know him from the. I that's know. So I good. Know. Yeah, I'm good. It's, it's on my list. Um. Okay. Let's actually watch this, and then and then we can talk about Fine. whether or not it's good. <laughs> uh, we're going to watch the first three episodes of season one uh, for this podcast, and uh, those episodes are the pilot. You say as if and... there's another season. Well, yeah, I don't know. Someone could be <laughs> listening to this in the distant future. That's I'm true. just covering the bases here. <laughs> uh, first three episodes of season one. There's the pilot. Uh, second episode is called The Big Three. And then Kyle is the name of the third episode. All right. So watch those three episodes, um, which you can get on a bunch of places. Um, at the time that we're recording this, because this is a pretty new show, you can actually get them, I think, with ads on the NBC website, which is unusual. Most of the shows that we watch are kind of, I guess not current enough for that um you can also get them on hulu or you can buy them for two dollars each on amazon itunes voodoo or google play excellent all the places so go do that uh after this break we'll be back with spoilers for the first three episodes of this is us (laughs) 
we're back. We just watched the first three episodes of This Is Us, the hit NBC show from this past TV season. Uh, and before we get to my reaction, Eric, why do you love this show? Uh, so this is something that I uh, went into when I first started watching the show. I had no idea what to expect. I was just told, watch the first episode, don't read anything about it, just go in as blind as possible. Obviously, that was not an option for you here. You came <laughs> yeah. in with a, a couple preconceived notions. Well, uh, I however, also already knew the twist at the end of the first episode, too. Oh, uh, that's too bad. In addition to preconceived bad. notions. But anyway. Anyway, um, so yeah, I guess that's why I was probably told, don't read anything about it. Um, but I think the thing that really surprised me about this show and really made me fall in love with it was the fact that you have this like intertwined ensemble cast with all these people with all these problems and it's like uh, I think a less capable show would have made these characters into cartoons like they would have just been like the same thing over and over again and not all the characters get equal amounts of diversity in their storylines and there are certainly problems that I have with this show but wow is this show really good at taking a complex group of characters and making them feel something like real people certainly not not completely but I think that there is something really um special here where they've taken this 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 family uh, the Pearson family, and the, I think the uh, the writing and the acting in this show um, really, I don't know, I think it just did something that uh, was very difficult to do, and I think it did it extremely well, um, and it continued to do that for, for the first season. Um, so that's, uh, <laughs> you're, you're making a face that... <laughs> Well, so, Dare I ask? Yeah, I mean, I like, I didn't, I didn't hate it. The show is fine, but like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily agree with what you just said about like the characters feeling real and not, not. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say they feel cartoony, but like, I don't know. I feel like they do kind of each have like, like one thing that that like their storyline is about, and like that's what's going on with them, and like that's it. Like well, no, but I mean, okay. So the the, the and, but person I, well, and who... the thing is, and I will say what I was gonna say before I before I started saying that was also like, uh, before you commented on my facial expression, I was gonna say like, <laughs> I, I wonder if some of what you just said happens later, because like from the three episodes mm -hmm. that I just saw, I mean, I I don't know, I I feel like most of the characters were pretty much like like the um what is his name Kevin the actor Kevin yeah. you know Kevin is is like upset with where his career is going and Kate you know is struggling with her weight and Randall is in this whole complex situation of having just met his biological father and like that's like kind of that kind of feels like the one storyline for each of them and I'm but, just but like, not really though like, Kate also has Toby and then Kevin also has his thing with his mother and also his wife and his daughters and Kevin also has his relationship with Kate and Kevin has you right know, well I, I don't know none of that the thing is that like none of that none of that I felt like I felt like you know De developed that much in well, in it's these... the first three episodes. Well, that's I mean, what I'm it's... saying. That's what yeah. I. That's what I literally <laughs> just said was that I but... wonder if some of the complexity and nuance that you're talking about comes in after these three episodes. Those were literally the words that I just said. I, I know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> like I didn't see that in these episodes. These like I that that was not what I got from these episodes personally. Okay. I I think I think there are there's a enough breadcrumbs in these first three episodes confined to these three episodes that it's not just one thing per character but agree to disagree on that okay. point more generally speaking so you didn't hate this is us uh what, what did what, what, were, what, what were some of your thoughts on it well i mean i think it probably would have been pretty tough for it to be as like negative as my opinion of it was going <laughs> in. you know i mean it was it was really i felt it was really really uneven which again i mean the first three episodes of literally any show are usually pretty uneven Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Sterling K. Brown is great. I, you definitely yep. need to see the people versus OJ, by the way, it's super I good. Know. And he was, he was great in that. He was great in this. And I thought his, I mean, his storyline was definitely the strongest to me. Mm -hmm. You know, he had the most stuff going on. He had like literally anyone else in his life, unlike everyone else, um, which is, and that's, that's an exaggeration, but like. You know, for instance, like the the uh, Milo Ventimiglia's character has a friend show up in the second episode, who apparently Miguel, Mandy Moore yeah. later marries, which is odd. But anyway, um, 
you know, but in like that in that first episode when he was like sitting out there alone in the hospital crying, I was like, do these people have literally no friends or family? Like, why <laughs> are they why are like the two of them here alone? And like, you know, Kate Kate has has Toby. But like other than that, it's like the two of them are just kind of like in like just the two of that, you know, and it's like at mm-hmm. least Sterling K. Brown's character, you know, has we we see all these like sort of different things. He has a wife and he has children and he has like multiple re- sort of relationships and things going on in his life kind of. Right. And also there was, I don't know, that story felt the most sort of developed to me and nuanced no, and interesting. And like that, that story was, that story was great. Um, I, I, th- I think you are not alone in thinking that that is a very common uh, remark on this show is that, man, they, Sterling K. Brown is not only the best actor on the show, but he has easily the best storyline. Yeah. However, I I do think this is the point where certainly watching more of the show, they do they do flesh out and get get some of the storylines right. get better over time. The the one the one that unfortunately is pretty much what you see is what you get based on these three episodes is Kate and her losing the weight. Um, that's Which probably is another, my biggest that's complaint another of about the things that I've like I've seen and read about the show is frustration with the fact that like oh. It's great. It's great that we have this, you know, wonderful, you know, showcase for this this mm-hmm. actress, you know, who hasn't necessarily gotten to be the star she could be because of her weight, but also her whole fucking storyline seems to be her weight. And I mean, it's like she right. does have a relationship with with Toby, but like he's the fat friend. And and like her weight is like such like a big thing even in the relationship and it's just kind of like right. oh shit. She definitely yeah. Has do you other want the dessert menu? Do you, you know, yes or no? We want the dessert menu, and then they're talking yeah. about the calories and the wine. Well, and it's all yeah. about her, like her ability to let go and all of her, you know, stuff. And mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, yeah. Come on, well, that, come that's on, kind guys, of thing. So, give her something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably my biggest complaint with the show. However, I will say that yeah, like, um, especially with uh, with Kevin and then with uh, Mila Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore, like the three those three characters do get a hell of a lot more to do later in the season yeah. uh, without getting into any, any spoilers. I feel like their stories um, get exponentially stronger while Sterling K. Brown just kind of pretty much stayed like he, they, they start at, yeah, they start like, at a that's nine. That's the one they, that they, they, they knocked out of the park. To, to, to use Mandy with. Moore's like little, little one to 10 sliding scale. I feel like Sterling K. Brown starts at a nine and the rest, you know, started at like a six or a seven. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, and okay. So since, since you've brought up that conversation from the second episode, um, yeah, I'm going to make two comments and then elaborate on them. The first the first is that it's it seems fairly clear from these three episodes that like the order in which we see things happen in the past is kind of dictated by what's going to resonate with the present. Right. Which makes perfect sense. That's that's fine, but I feel like it doesn't necessarily it, it at least in these episodes it doesn't 100% serve the the past storyline as well. Okay. Yeah. And and on a related issue, like I feel like a couple of the things that like seemed like like they're supposed to be sort of emo- like big big things, big milestones, emotional resonant things that happen, like didn't didn't feel like like the show was there yet. Like they weren't they weren't a hundred percent earned to me. And so the one I'm going to talk about to as an example of that is that moment that you just referenced in the. The second episode where, like, they right. clearly, you know, the kid, we, we jump forward. The kids are, are, you know, grade school age. And obviously they've been parenting these kids for a while. And we're start, there's starting to be some, you know, there's, like, there's this tension and, and issues in their marriage. He's out drinking too much, whatever. Like, all of that is what's mm-hmm. going on in that conversation. Hey, how do you think we're doing so far at parenting? Because I... I think we're at a six on a sliding scale, one through ten. I think we're at a six. I think I'm being generous. Right. Seven, fine. <laughs> but only because there are three of them. Maybe. And the thing is, I'm trying really hard to get us to a nine because they are cute kids and they deserve nine parents. And the thing is, I feel like I'm there, Jack. I feel like I'm operating at a nine because I do individualized lunches and I do individualized tuck-ins for each kid so nobody feels gypped and when you're home and you're you you're way better than I am you're a 10 when you're you Jack but you're getting home later 
and later. And when you do come Rebecca, home, you're, what are you saying? the drinking has to stop. You have to rein it in, baby, because I won't have it in my house. You won't have it in your I house. I won't. I was just like, I, whoa, am I not there with these characters and their relationship and whatever's, ha you know, it's like they were having babies and dealing with the grief of one of their, of the, one of their children being stillborn last episode. It's really weird and jarring and duh, not working really for me to, yeah. to jump forward and be at like a completely different place in their lives and their marriages and their, in their marriage and their raising of the kids. And it was just kind of like, I feel like this is supposed to be like this big emotional, like argument turning point for them. I feel like I'm supposed no, to be so like upset that, that, you know, that like something's wrong in their marriage and like, and, and in just in general. And I was just kind of like, I don't even know who these people are and I have no background to see any sort of build to this moment between them. And I'm just kind of like, whoa, this is sudden. And, you know, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. I totally get that. Like, um, so I, th I think the intent in that scene, in the scene where, you know, she's saying I'm at a nine, you're, you're dragging our average down, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, that whole argument is is an introduction. It's that that's basically like. I totally can see where you're coming from, like, with it seeming, like, too much too soon, I guess, with, with, with these characters. But that, that, that scene is an introduction to problems that will play out at multiple points in time, forward and backward. And so um, I think the reason why it is uh, maybe jarring at first is that this show operates at very very much like a highlights or, or a heightened sort of yes. state um, a lot of the time. Like so, a hi so as highlight reel of like big moments in people's lives kind or, of thing. Or low light reel right. or kind of like because of the freedom they've given themselves to not obey by normal linear time, right? They, 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 they are able to, as you mentioned, kind of selectively pick out these scenes and what happens a lot in the show again not getting into spoilers for after these three episodes but what happens a lot in this show is there'll be a scene that at first doesn't seem meaningful or maybe just seems like you know too much and that then a couple episodes later something you know that they for that they'll foreshadow will like click into place they, they do they do a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of like character building but it's like half the character building is in one episode and half the character building yeah. is three episodes later. And so I, I can totally see where you're coming from as to why that doesn't quite work for you by the second episode. I, I that, that is quite a jump from having kids to then having the, this fight. But that is actually, that, that scene that we're talking about echoes throughout the entire rest of the season. Well, like it's something that's, it's the start of a very, very long arc that, and an arc that is not in one uniform shape. That, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And like, I can totally see how like that clearly, like I'm sure all of the threads of what's going on in that episode are going to continue and mm. probably have something to do with the fact that Mandy. Not Morris... just that episode, that one scene right, has okay, like a lot that's, of stuff. That's that, what I meant yeah. by that. But uh, I meant scene. Um, yeah. but, and I can totally see how, you know, how, yes, it's not, it's not really not difficult for me to make leaps and, and assume that lots of things that come up in that, and we're going to continue to see the dynamics of that change. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming it might have something to do with the fact that Mandy Moore is married to someone different now, but, mm -hmm. um, but it also like, I don't know. It also, I think because it's such a, it's such a like big confrontational kind of moment. And it's like, mm -hmm. I am not at the place of that confrontation yet. And I think, and I understand that it's, it's, you're saying it's like a foundation for like future issues and future dynamics right. and future changes. But I also feel like, you know, and also a foundation for past changes okay. in the sense, in the timeline of the show where, where stuff As, that happens chronologically before that in the timeline of the show, okay. but we that we see later on, you know, right, clicks uh, into place. But like uh, for me anyway, as an introduction to all of these various yeah, textures totally. of their marriage, um, mm -hmm. I, I would rather I would rather see that in you know intention that we can see, you know, th like like for instance, it was it was it was working better. It was it was it was working better for me early on in the episode when like. You know, there's this there's this clear 
undercurrent of tension happening between the two of them in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you can feel that they're in a different place now and they're, and you know, they, all is not well. Do you need me to show you where the coffee is? Oh, I know where the coffee is. Okay, good. For me, keeping it on that level of like clearly seeing the fault lines and seeing the dynamics and, and, and getting an understanding of that and, and, you know, then later seeing that develop more and play out and where it came from and all of that kind of stuff sort of, I don't know, that, that feels, that's, that's more the kind of thing that works for me, I guess, than like, yeah. than like having this, this moment that's clearly this kind of big pivotal moment. It's like, I am so far away f- as a viewer from, you know, being there for this, like, you know, you got to stop drinking or, or else kind right. of a conversation that they have that I just like, I wish, I wish that they would have, they would like, I don't know, introduce those fault lines in, in a subtler ways rather than like this, you know, big defining moment conversation kind of thing in episode so two, in episode two, for God's sake, you know, <laughs> this is the show, like I said, lives at a heightened state and that is um... Something that I personally enjoy, but I totally can see why it might rub you the wrong way, is that this is a show that lives for 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 moments and for speeches and for arguments and for um the especially Mila Ventimiglia's character. By the end of the season, I was getting that that was kind of I, I, he was reaching the limit of just like how many inspirational speeches can one man <laughs> can one character give this, this, this show loves like how it's, Riley it's, felt about the West Wing like is every episode gonna end with the president giving some kind of big rousing speech <laughs> I had not made that connection but that is exactly it it's it's very Jed Bartlett-esque okay. Mila Ventimiglia is uh uh um uh, God, what's the character? I name? have no idea because Jack. he's Jess Mariano, and I can't retain his character name from this. J- Jack Pearson. He 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 is very Jed Bartlett esque uh, through, through in this show. Um, yeah, so this is a show where I guess with that whole highlights lowlights thing, like um, I was not aware of the discussion around this show, like the stuff that really alienated you until you brought it to my attention. Like I had just started watching the show just kind of because it had been recommended by some, someone whose opinion I trust. And so I was just like, okay, cool. Oh, I accidentally like this show a lot. Right. Um, and so when I dove into that, I didn't want to tip my hat about this in the intro, but I completely agree with you. The discussions around this show and the advertising for this show utter garbage well and again that's why that's why i wanted to make that distinction though that like my issue actually comes much more from the discussion than from the advertising like i have okay well but i will say though the advertising for this show is the worst (laughs) i i after you brought brought the the kind of your issues with the perception of the show to my attention like i i saw a couple of the ads for it and this is a show that like even though it loves those big moments and those big speeches and all of that, like, I feel like the advertising completely misses, like, why the characters are interesting. Is that you have these big moments, sure, but then you also have characters who are who are funny at times and right. who are it's not it's not a giant tearjerker yeah you know? and it's, i mean i yeah there there are a couple really great lines in there like um you know that 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 showcase like some some little subtler lower level lower level meaning not lower level in terms of craft. I mean, lower level, like, right, like right. operating, operating on like a chiller frequency, not speechifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when, um, when Mandy Moore comes back from, from the conversation with Randall's, uh, biological father and, right. and Milo is like all upset on the floor. He's like, I thought you ran away to Mexico and left me and the kids. And she's like, I would never run off to Mexico and abandon the kids without you. Promise. You know, it's like that was like that's really sweet, and you know there are little humorous moments like that. But I want to return to what you were saying about um, about the show uh, sort of operating on this heightened level and the fact that there there are a lot of those kinds of speeches and and kind of moments mm-hmm. and, and confrontations. And like I, I have to say, like yes, I think you're right, especially about the advertising of the show that it's 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 off and it doesn't totally encapsulate what's going on with the show. But like I think that. I think that w- w- what I was getting without fully being able to articulate it from all of the coverage and all of the the, mm. the essays and the, the headlines and the reviews and the 
think pieces comparing this with other all things. the stuff I don't read. Yeah, right. And I mean, that's the thing is like I spend so much time with that stuff. Like I read so much of that stuff, and I watch so many TV shows that like mm-hmm. I don't really worry about the fact that I'm not watching This Is Us when it gets mentioned in like a big article about like the trend of television twists. You know, um, uh. it, that kind of stuff, which is how I learned the the first episode which i have to say knowing what happens in the first episode going into it makes so many things about it really weird like the whole focus on like on like all these people have the same birthday with each other you know which was also part of the very early on like the very first trailer that aired for this Mm -hmm. way back during it was like during the olympics or super bowl or something okay um well before it came out uh like knowing that they all have the same birthday because like they're they're twins and an adopted third child who happened to have been born on the dad's birthday like kind of it makes it like why the fuck are we talking about the phenomenon of people sharing birthdays like i know that there's their relatives yeah it's it's it's, it's a head fake they're trying to throw you off the scent which is like yeah yeah. i've i've now thrown myself off of what i was talking about which was like i I think that i I mean i did it i threw myself off it's not (laughs) your fault you know i i think though that the the sort of sense that i had what have been gleaning Mm -hmm. is that it's a show that tends to traffic in those sort of big emotional moments and speeches and stuff. And like, and I'm sure the instant I say it, I, and probably you will come up with a million exceptions of shows that I watch and love that do this. But like, I don't know, that's kind of not really my jam. Like that's not really, that's not really my frequency for TV shows. You know, I, I love a show like, and I know you haven't watched it, but for instance, Mad Men, uh, and a lot of people like a lot of people complained about Mad Men and eventually like later on in its run it was it was you know very popular and talked about and stuff but mm-hmm. but initially it was one of those shows that no one was watching and the critics were obsessing over but like people were complaining about and part of the re- part of the big like frustration people have with Mad Men is it's it's one of those shows that moves at a glacial pace yeah. it moves at a glacial pace plot wise emotionally you know you don't know why things are important odd odd little things like little tiny subtle things that creep in between the characters and all this kind of stuff that take forever to build and that have very little to do with with big moments unless it's mm-hmm. unless it's a big moment of Don Draper, you know, delivering a pitch to a company cuz those are the big moments. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the and I don't know, those are kind of the shows that I set as like that 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 work for me and that like are my kind of level that I that I enjoy and like watch TV on. So a show that's going to be like a big emotional speech every single episode, um, unless it's so far in the direction of that, that it's like ridiculous camp. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like, this is, I cannot be on this frequency all the time. Like this is yeah. just not me, you know? No, I, I'd say that um, I'm trying to think how to, how to word this. So it's not to give away the actual characters in it, but there, there, there's an episode <laughs> later on this season where uh, there's actually a couple episodes where they slim it down and they just go for a quieter look at just a couple characters. I would and love I that. think those those are some of the best episodes of the season for for obvious reasons where um if you are given more time to appreciate the the loud and the quiet moments with with a fewer number of characters, I think that they over the course of the entire season that they, they, they've done such a good job of building up the characters that they, the quiet moments can work in this show, but I guess it's as a stylistic choice. They, they do like to have their little twists and their little like mic drop moments, like at the end of the episode where it's like, Oh my God, Mandy yes. Moore is not married to Jack anymore. Yeah. And it's um, like, I don't which, need a twist at the end of every episode. Like, So, yeah. So, I mean, they, they do a lot of that. They, they love their little mini twists. Yeah, um, they do. So, I, I, I like that. I personally actually enjoy kind of the cliffhangery type of thing where well, it's Well, and I like, do in other types of shows. Yeah. Like in, uh, you know, a... I'm trying to think of a good example, but, but like a show that's more like that's what it's doing, like a, like an adventure type show or like, uh-huh. like a, you know... Um, I'm trying again. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think of like a good, a good example. But like, but like more of a more of an actiony kind of a show, you know. A- but that's the thing. I mean, this is a this is a family dramedy. Right. That's like, and it's, it's like it's, so. Give me, you, you know, know, in in Quantico, which and Quantico is not the good of a show. I haven't even watched the second season yet. But like, for instance, when 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 the show is operating like Quantico, and it's like you know, right. uh, 
adventure, mystery, terrorism, craziness. Like, of course, every episode of that ends with like, you know, or Homeland does that a lot, too. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know somebody like takes off their hood and oh my God, it's the person you thought you could trust and he's working with a terrorist. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm down with, I'm down for twists, you know, at at the end of every episode of a show like that. But I don't know. That's kind of not, like I said, it's not really the frequency. Yeah, twist is a bit too strong of the word. I've been calling them like mini twists. Yeah, I don't know what to call them either. Because like the development, it's it's sort of like, um, sort of like what they would do at the end of episodes of The Good Place, which is a show that both you and I love, where, yes. where without giving anything away throughout the entire season, like over the end credits of every episode, there would just be like a development, some sort of mm-hmm. surprising development that, you know, would set up the next episode or set up a future plot line. Yeah, in some but I way. don't think these, these, at least the ones I've seen so far, are not quite as like subtle as that. Like one of them, the first one yeah. is, the first one is like, fundamentally shifting what you thought you knew about the characters and yeah the, and the, how they aside the first episode yeah like the second episode where and then it's the like, second episode like that's a big like like whoa kind of a thing yeah. at least i feel I, like that's what they're going for i don't know i yeah i i don't know i th- this is an area where definitely my knowledge of future storyline i think clouds my ability to right. evaluate like the the woe-ness of that moment <laughs> now right. um but but anyway so um I, I one thing I did want to ask about uh, one of my favorite small things about this show is, are are the side characters the, the the small the small parts that they they get these really great actors like Leela and Brad Garrett I yeah exactly like Leela and Brad Garrett <laughs> um, uh, in the second episode with uh, Katie Segal and Brad Garrett as the agent yeah, and she's the, another uh, one whose actual name I can't retain she's Leela. Yeah, uh, yeah. Her her voice is just so like burned into my memory that yep. yeah, it's it's. Um, or for instance, in the first episode, Alan Thick from Growing Pains, which is a show that I watched far too much of when I was a Who child. <laughs> died recently. Yeah, he uh, he 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 died uh, end of last year, and yeah. so um, when I uh, was told to watch the show, I th- initially thought. Like that, I was being told to not read about it so that I wouldn't have the Alan Thick cameo spoiled for me. <laughs> like that's just kind of not knowing, literally knowing nothing about it. I thought that that's what was being. And teased, then you found was... out there was a much bigger spoiler. And then I was like, right. oh, oh, this is actually a different show. Then okay, okay, <laughs> I guess we're doing this. Okay, um, but no, yeah. So Alan, Alan Thick, who uh, who passed away last year, he he's like he was the dad on on right. a sitcom Growing, Growing Pains. Pains. Uh, did did you ever watch that show? some yeah i didn't watch it it sounds like nearly as much as you did but enough that i know that he's the dad from growing pains and it was in reruns on the disney channel a Uh lot before they had a lot of their own original programming i definitely remember that god i mean like (laughs) i don't want to know how much of that show i've watched a lot and then in the in the uh third where i'm at with like the cosby show because it used to be on nick at night all the time i used to watch so much cosby show I, I barely watched any of the Cosby yeah. show, and now I'm kind of not inclined to start. I know, you know? I'm the same way, and I mean, it's like a good show as like a family sitcom. I know, I've, but, I've been and obviously told. groundbreaking, but yeah, no, I feel the same way about it. Like, um, no, and and then I also just want to talk about Gerald McCraney as Doctor K, uh, the the doctor who who delivers the babies in the first See, and third episode. Now he's somebody that like he's like a face and a voice that I know super well, but like, I don't have like a strong, like, Oh, he's that guy kind of a thing. He is, he, the, the thing that most people probably know him from is Raymond Tusk from yeah. house of cards. I mean, that's yeah. I know him. I know him as that for sure. But he, like, he, I mean, yeah, he's like a character actor. He's been in a million things. We've, we've seen him in more stuff than that, but like, uh, he is, he is so good in the scenes that he's in. He like, is, yeah, I have spent five decades delivering babies, more babies than I can count. But there is not a single day that goes by that I don't think of the child I lost. And I'm an old man now. I like to think that because of the child that I lost, because of the path that that he sent me on, that I have saved countless other babies. I like to think that maybe one day you'll be an old man like me. Talking a younger man's ear off, explaining to him how you took the sourest lemon that life has to offer and turned it into something resembling lemonade. Yeah. 
it like that that's the thing that this show like with characters giving speeches in this show is that and and it's kind of unfortunate that Gerald McRaney is so fucking good at giving a big emotional <laughs> speech because it makes it harder for for the other actors at least in the scenes that he's in. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, you know, obviously some big emotional speeches are fine, and like if you're the doctor and you just deliver triplets to someone and one of them was stillborn, like sure, you probably need to to find some, something find something to say. Like, yeah, that's that's good. Although I will say, like the other the other time that he sort of gave like a sort of mini speech at the doctor's appointment in the third episode she lost baby jack you can't just dismiss that so did i yeah and you took your grief and you channeled it into action you willed yourself forward with positivity but rebecca is just she's gonna have to do this in her own way and you're just gonna have to give her the space to do it what if she doesn't find her way? She will. How do you know? For the same reason that I know you're going to give her the space to find it. Because I believe in good people. I was kind of like, okay, that's that's fine. But also, like, are we not aware of postpartum depression in 1980? And, like, I I mean, I understand that there's other issues going on with, like, her wanting, to, having trouble connecting with the, the adopted son and stuff. But I was also like, I don't know, from that description, I feel feel like I would be like well maybe she should talk to someone not just like oh she'll get through it yeah and I mean I guess that's a product of the times but like I also I I, I honestly don't know the answer of whether or not that was like an established thing I mean I don't think it was quite as common as it is now and like as high profile but I I mean you you think about even now I mean depression is still like extremely extremely poorly handled in the media in terms oh, of yeah. how we talk about it and how to deal with it and what not what to, to mention do. on like fictional tv good god well, is so right. bad and, and, at mental illness and what to do if someone you know or love like has you know signs of depression like think about how poorly it's it's handled in all forms now True. oh absolutely so, so i you know the Although I agree that in the real world, you know, someone should say more. I kind of yeah. feel like that's how people would actually talk to one another. Two people who are not that person would talk to one another if she did have postpartum depression or something going on. I I, I don't know. I, I think that that's probably like, and probably even more so than in 1980 than now. And that, that's the thing. Maybe, I, like, yeah. I was I was looking up looking it up to see like, uh, you know, to, to see it and, and try to figure out like, you know, when it was. Mm-hmm. When it was reckoned, and and you know mo- the the sort of waves of of like celebrities and prominent people who've come forward and said like this is something I've dealt with, this is a normal thing. More women need to know this is a thing, and like that there's nothing wrong with them, kind of stuff. Like that definitely came later, so it's entirely yeah. possible that that just like wouldn't even be on the radar. I just right. like I don't know. I get kind of like sensitive to shows when they do that kind of thing. I'm like totally Guys, no, yeah, come on, totally. Uh. And Doctor K, he's he's uh, he says he's seventy something. Yeah, so he's is, he's an old, know, old. He's been around, sort of doctor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, so there's there's all these famous people who just show up in these small roles, and they continue to do that. Uh, I won't give any away, but there, there's one in particular in the next one of the next couple episodes, which uh, is amazing, like absolutely okay. amazing. Um, but then they also, uh, at least in these first few episodes, they 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 name check a lot of a lot of things that 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 are a lot of pop culture references that I really really loved. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like there, instance, like there are multiple references to Hamilton. Like that's so such right. and such producer like came up with something, or maybe it was Hamilton. I'm not sure. Deadpool which. or Hamilton? Yeah, yeah, yeah Toby yeah. couldn't remember which. Which, uh, which and is... then also the the Mandy Moore and and whatever the stepdad Miguel. Are, like, on their way to go see Hamilton. Also, yeah, he's and he says like I think I'm gonna be the one person who doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> oh, just wait, just you wait, Miguel. Just, just you wait. You wait. <laughs> uh, which of course is uh, both funny as a pop culture reference, but it's also funny because uh, Ron Cephas Jones, who plays mm-hmm. uh, the biological father, yeah, is, is Jasmine, the yeah. actual father of Jasmine Cephas Jones, right? Mariah who... Reynolds and Peggy, uh, yep, and Peggy, Peggy. Skyler. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's it's one of those things too where it's like, I mean, Hamilton, Hamilton, I think for sure will have will have enough lasting resonance that like that's that's gonna still work but like i do i am always a little bit wary when shows have that many like or that like pop culture referency too because like yeah. for instance i just i just rewatched a whole bunch of friends and like i mean some of the stuff some of some like like anything like some of the references on friends you know really 
really work and hold up. I mean, there's like a whole thing about Joey and Chandler being like all into watching Baywatch. And it's like, right. you know what? Yes. Like we all, yes. That Product makes of the sense. times that makes perfect sense. Product of the times, but also like remains prominent enough that like, that like we that all. The rebooting it as a movie. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. It was filmed right, right near me here on Tybee Island. Um, <laughs> But anyway, but, and, and it also, yeah, it's just, and you know, and like people from it remain like, sort of well enough known mm-hmm. uh, Pamela Anderson and David Hasselhoff you know all of that kind of stuff that it's like that sure. that that holds up as a reference you know like you know you know what Baywatch is but then there's other stuff on Friends that it's just like whoo man we do not <laughs> wow that that was like a little flash in the pan like um, the first one that springs to mind for instance is like like Joe Goodacre the the um, she's a supermodel who Okay. Is the one that Chandler is uh, gets stuck oh, walked in the, in the, in the, bank the ATM with vestibule during with. the blackout. Yeah, 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 and it's like the thing was that she was like a big deal at the time. You know, oh really? So, well, she must have been enough enough so that like that like you know when he says that like all the guys and all they all know exactly who it is and they're like oh my god like wow he's you know <laughs> but and now like she like her her biggest claim to fame is that she's the model that was on that friends episode like you know what i mean it's I, like i honestly don't think i've ever known that she was a real model like i i think i knew like, yeah, in no, the episode like, like chandler recognizes her as someone but like i don't think i ever put together that oh that exactly. was someone who was who was a real someone and not a someone in the friends world who was just like the guys were reacting cuz she was someone into them exactly you know <laughs> exactly and that is and that is my point and that's yeah. that's the thing where it's like pop culture, like being being a little being too like current on the nose with your pop culture can make I, I something. I think Hamilton is pretty established. That's what I said. That's what I, I said. I think I think that Hamilton is established and will and will be a big enough like lasting thing that like yeah. that like you know it, it everybody will get it. But like I do, I I am just I'm always like a little bit wary about sure. those kinds of things. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's much less well known, like smaller references in this. So. Um, the scene, uh, the, the one scene of the Manny that we get with with uh, Alan Thicke talking with 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 Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess the Manny um, in that in that episode. Yeah, I, I I look at that little girl. I would do anything for her. You understand? You you show me a train, I'll jump in front of it for her, no question. And she's not even mine. I mean, you, you mosey in and out of my life the past thirty years like the way you have. I. I don't understand that, and I'll never understand you, so just get the hell out of here. To me, that is a overt reference to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, to the episode where, where Will's dad shows up. I need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Now, nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm going to me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. But uh, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a reference to very special episodes in general. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think very special episodes in general. I don't. I haven't seen that particular episode of The Fresh Prince, so I don't think I've even seen that entire episode. But it's like <laughs> one of these know, like yeah. YouTube clips and just like from cultural, you know, osmosis, where it's just like the scene where Will's dad is there and then he leaves at the end of the episode and there's a big speech. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say, I will say, I love um, that the fake house for the fake set of the of yeah. the Manny fake tv show is the exact uh like floor plan of like literally every sitcom house yep <laughs> like every sitcom takes place nearly every sitcom takes place in exactly the same house with that same door couch mm-hmm. staircase coming down you know set up like <laughs> yep so i i appreciated that um while we're talking about somewhat smaller things in this show like yeah um is i so no one at any point was ever going to point out to them that naming their KKK their triplets three <laughs> K names is a yeah. terrible choice. Yeah, and I, like I, I would have, I and I mean like I, it, it probably would have been like too too like on the nose and like it, it's 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 better that the reason that they changed the name is what it is as opposed mm-hmm. to realizing that like that would make it that would be worse. But like yeah, it's also like you could have. You could have named, the, like, as a show, show, you could have named that doctor anything. Right. And then <laughs> made the initials that they picked literally anything. It did not have to be KKK. Like, come yeah. on, this is us. Pick, yeah. Make him. I don't know why. I don't I, I don't know if they were doctor- completely ignorant or the, this is not something that I have, uh, 
it has not come up in later episodes, and since I don't read the stuff that you do, I don't know if it's been like, addressed it. in the press. I haven't seen it anywhere. Although but I've had I that same like, thought. I'm I'm tempted to I'm tempted to go back to like the Vulture like next day recap of that episode yeah. and see if yeah. they mention it in like they probably in like the the throwaway notes at the end of the recap that aren't actually part of it. But like <laughs> I kept expecting somebody to be like KKK, really, really yeah. guys, or like that they would like decorate the nursery and like hang like letters above the kids beds as they sometimes do and look at it and go oh shit that's maybe a bad idea <laughs> and again I'm glad that I'm glad that the reason that they changed his name to Randall from Kyle was had a me- more meaningful had, character had, right impact. was like a more meaningful thing than um than that yeah. but it is so weird it's just yeah. so weird and I also kept thinking of there's an <laughs> SNL skit about or it might even be a mad TV skit. Like I honestly can't remember. I think it's SNL yeah. though, of like of sorority that's Kappa Kappa Kappa. Oh God! And like they have <laughs> they have hoodies and like oh, they're no. like yeah, <laughs> it's it's. Hi everybody, <laughs> and welcome to Sorority Row. I'm Amber. I'm Hayden. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Toby. And we are the Kappa Kappa Kappa. Nobody treats you better than the KKK. But I'm not talking about the KKK that lunched my great grandparents, duh. I'm talking about our sorority. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Like I kept thinking of that and like they're all just like totally oblivious and they're trying to Yeah, anyway, that's that's just a throwaway <laughs> thing that was like yeah, yeah I've had that same thought. I don't I don't know what the deal is there and I have no defense for that. It's, <laughs> that's just super weird. I get it. it is. It's just like, you know, show you could have made him you could have made him Dr. C and made it right. still Kate but with a C and Chris and Charlie and then decided yeah. to change Charlie's name. Like, come on, guys. You could, you Cle- could clearly, clearly they they should hire you to come right there on the show. There are literally and... <laughs> 25 other <laughs> letters you could have chosen and i mean yeah. x would have been pretty difficult to pull off but Z- xavier xander and uh, xena <laughs> xena sure no, i don't think that existed yet so that would be like uh, yeah an odd... it'd be very ahead of their time yeah they, they would be for sure um anyway i mean i don't think i have any any other big thoughts there's one scene that is such a strong echo and like exact same thing as another scene that happens but it's in a movie that i know you haven't seen because it's on our list and so I, you don't want to tell me what and it i is. don't want to tell you what it is because it'll ruin the scene when you see it but okay. when we when we get around to the thing as soon as it's happening you're going to be like oh <laughs> i know what a I'm reference like. and well and i have to say, well it's it's a reference but it's also like i don't know i'm kind of going back and forth on it's another it's also another thing that um it's another place, the other biggest example I have of, like, I'm not sure the show fully earned what it what it sure. did, um, which is, like, and I think the, the scene itself works really well, but, I'll, and I'll just tell you what the issue is. Um, okay. The, 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 the one scene I'm thinking of, which I won't tell you which scene it is, uh, of, in and of itself works really well. Maybe as well, maybe as well or better in its in its individual like execution than the okay. one in the thing that it's very similar to but the overall issue i don't think does and the overall issue is like kate not having enough of her own life because she's kevin's assistant and like uh-huh. that whole thing like first of all i was really unclear on her being his assistant like I had I started to wonder once she was like booking his hotels and stuff and then but I wasn't 100% certain of it until he fired her. You know, and right. then it was like, "Oh, okay. So clearly that's what's happening here." And I also like that was another thing where like I just kind of felt like I mean, we saw some of that, but also like he was going through a lot and it was their birthday in the first episode and it would make sense to call your twin on your birthday. And right. and you know, she also had called him at one point, so like I really didn't think that they had established that they had a a problematically interdependent relationship that was especially a problem for her and her life before mm. they were like, Oh, this is a pro like they, they both had to like realize it was a problem and break away from each other. And it was kind of like, guys, I was had, was barely even aware of that as a dynamic <laughs> between you and you're already like, you know, yeah, I mean that's. I think this is another symptom of the show, the way the show jumps around in, yeah. in the story with like either when you get introduced to certain facts or certain tensions or, or things like that. Um, 
I think it's in the same episode where they first acknowledge that maybe Kevin wasn't a great brother to Randall. I think that's in the second episode. I think that's in the second episode. And like that is in the second episode because it's when they're because in the flashback, it's when they're older and he's like he's like leaving him alone at school and letting the other kids bully him and stuff. Right, right, and right. They're, they're calling fighting. him Webster. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, which is, boy, that's a reference right there. To Webster. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that's a, it was a shitty uh, 80s sitcom about a, a white family that adopts a black adopted uh, right and like they had they had the they had Mila Ventimiglia actually explain that in dialogue for all of us who don't know the (laughs) reference um no and that and that was a point where like where like I could totally see how jumping around in the past to make it better resonate with the present like really worked because it was like you clearly needed that especially because like none of them had interacted with their third brother and I was like guys Mm -hmm. what is what the fuck is this about like why why are you not talking to your other brother that's very odd no it's very important we just don't talk to him because they're making a TV show about us and we need to preserve the twist until the end of the first episode so therefore right exactly (laughs) no but that's actually one of the things where I was looking up uh, like just on IMDB trivia about uh, the first episode and apparently if you freeze frame um, the scene where Randall's at the office, his coworkers come in and wish him happy birthday, and he's looking at the email. It says like, "Oh, we he found has your emails father. from them." If you freeze frame it, yeah, there, there's an email from from Kevin that says "Happy birthday, bro." And okay. so, so it's you know, well, but my you would eyes, never, you my would eyes never... don't work well enough to be able to see that, even if Obviously. I did freeze frame it on my TV. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the, well, and that is you know, okay, that's that, yeah, because like the only way that you would that you would like be emailing your sibling happy birthday is like right. there's got to be some discord there <laughs> yeah exactly although randall's closer with kate so it's kind of like um, right and he like mentions like oh yeah like kate keeps me up to speed and it's like it's really weird that we didn't see kate interact with right. you at all on your birthday which is something that if they wanted to do a storyline not about kate and the weight they could easily do something about kate and randall right Stupid. or about like kate the, the the awkward uh, weird position that it puts Kate in to be yeah. the 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 you know go between intermediary between her, yeah right intermediary between her two brothers and to be close to Randall but to also like be Kevin's twin and you know work yep. for him and live out there with him like that, that and would to be... wait wake up at the same time as him when he wakes up when his plane lands and then right. she wakes up at the same time because they have an ET style psychic link <laughs> twin thing it's it's a twin thing apparently. <laughs> Apparently, I have no idea uh, if that's real or not. I I, I don't think TV, it is. I, TV likes to do it though in movies. What there was something I was just listening to some podcast I was listening to where they were talking about like during the Cold War how uh, the Russians experimented with a psychic link between like mothers and their children, and like it was maybe this was on Fresh Air I want to say, but it was like during the Cold War the Russians experimented with like separating a mother rabbit and the baby rabbit and then they would like do something to the baby rabbit and see if the mother reacted in another room and it was like that's so weird that, that and also i depending on what they were doing to the baby rabbit doesn't necessarily sound like the most humane uh, no it's very inhumane it's maybe killing the baby rabbit oh i'm not God. sure and uh, seeing sorry. if the mother knew like <laughs> yeah seeing if because the idea was like then you could use that to signal nuclear submarines that are hard to contact underwater yeah i really fucked oh my up. god oh my god wow <laughs> Uh, this okay. is a tangent just just to get at that's not a real thing I think they've I think there's been conclusive evidence conclusive research that no all you're doing is is hurting and or maybe killing a baby rabbit which yeah. is really assholey yeah. and don't do that that's kind of a bad thing to do anyway no, don't back kill, to the don't show don't kill baby rabbits I mean no, unless don't. you're like you know some sort of predator and like that's part of like your whole if it's not a biological imperative, try not right, to kill a baby right. rabbit. I, mean, I feel if you're, like that's if you're not like too a, much to ask. If you're like a fox or a dog or something, right? You and you don't rabbit. live in Zootopia. If if you're in the in the right. current times, where in know. our world, as opposed in to... our world. <laughs> anyway, we're way off of this. We're way off, but I, I do want to say just, just two more quick things. Um, one is that Milo Ventimiglia. Milio, I don't know. I pronounce and that. I should Jess Mariano. Mariano. Jess Mariano. Jack. Uh, he, you he haven't gotten, off... I assume, that far in Gilmore Girls to know. No, I he's... haven't watched any since Ugh. we. Yeah, sorry. He's so. Um, no, I'm not reacting to that. I'm reacting to Jess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've I've heard that he's like the yeah. Uh, I'm strongly. Likes I'm him. strongly team Jess. He can pull off, as we see in these episodes, a beard and a mustache. Later on in the season, he pulls off a goatee, and I'm incredibly jealous. Like that. Is, that is uh, the fact. I know that most you people can... can't do that. 
I, I can't. I, I can definitely not pull off a mustache. Believe me, I've, I've looked into there it. Are, and it's not there an option. Are, there are very few men who can pull off just a mustache. Yeah, I mean, he has the mustache and the stubble. But anyway, the point, the point is, fuck Milo Ventimiglia, because that, that is, I'm very jealous of him for that. Well, uh, if you want to <laughs> feel, I mean, probably a little bit jealous, but also, like, like a little bit, I don't know, something. If you want something that may help, um, uh, one of the many, one of the many like articles that I actually did read because it had nothing to do with plot, uh, was about this is us was um, the headline. The headline was uh, Milo Ventimiglia's body is the least uh, least historically accurate or least realistic thing about. <laughs> they talked about this on Pop Culture Happy Hour because yeah. uh, they're saying in, in fact, the eighties, like it might no have one... actually, it might have even been like a blog post by Linda Holmes that that I'm yeah. referencing. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the hosts of Pop Culture Happy Hour. Um, I think, yeah, it, was, I think like, it was Glenn was was saying like literally no men had bodies like that. Like, <laughs> like the you know biggest heartthrob movie stars. I mean, I mean, just seriously, just look at look at uh, at like the volleyball scene in Top Gun. I mean, like they're all they're all super cut, but it's in a very it's sort of in a very different way. And also that's like six years later and like fitness had, had, you know, developed that much more. And also they're all like in the Navy and like have a reason to look like that. But no, like your your average run of the mill guy like is not that wasn't that wasn't like what fitness did then. And like, you know, I, I think they're just, this is all that just kind of like intensive targeting of muscle groups that it re- that it requires to get that kind of muscle definition. This is foreshadowing Not for a, a future episode in season two where it's revealed that that Jack is actually a bodybuilder. So it's just it's all building up to it's going to be he's just going to no, be but absent. Even a bodybuilder's <laughs> body doesn't look like that. Like, like seriously, Arnold Schwarzenegger from that period of time, a bodybuilder's body is much like bigger and musclier that sort of yeah. that sort of like lean defined muscle is not <laughs> a thing <laughs> at that point in time yeah this is the show that gets at i uh at the, 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 day the, the podcast this... episode in which i just casually offer like a, the, the a history we're... a history of men's physiques it's fine yeah you know as you do uh, the As day we're I recording, do, this is the same day that I posted uh, the social network episode, so that, that'll date <laughs> us here. And in that episode, you're talking about how there's a bunch of uh, women who are in their bras or who we see, like, you know, the, the, who, who are more nude than the men. In right, that and the men could easily be nude as well in those scenes and, and this is a show that in some way you know consider consider the the bodies of, of mila ventimiglia and sterling k brown as as payback for the social network like oh you, i do you, oh you i get do. some good shots of... oh oh yeah no i don't object <laughs> at all to those things yeah. uh also the i don't know what the actor is but the third one too who like oh, J- J- justin of, hartley or whatever his part name of is his, part of his issue with his sitcom is that they keep wanting <laughs> to not have his shirt on <laughs> like, and then later on when he's taking the selfie with toby and toby's right, he's like, like can oh, we do one can we do one with our shirts up <laughs> God, that that scene is amazing. Where he's he's drunk, and then just for the selfie, he, he like gets back to like selfie mode, where he poses for for the picture. Is that's yeah. hilarious? Um, literally, last thing. What one more thing? This is a show that there are certainly characters who get in the way, who are obstacles, as previously mentioned, Katie Segal and Brad Garrett in the second episode for for Kevin, but. There are no real antagonists in the show. Like, there's no big bads in the show in the mm-hmm. same way that there there are for for even for you know non supernatural non Buffy shows. Like, um, that's just something that if you for whatever reason decide to keep on watching, it doesn't sound like you're going to. But if you do, probably not. Uh, that's something that I I really love about the show is that even though everyone is is always like at a heightened state and is at a bit kind of a, I guess a surreal way. I, I called them real at the start. And now maybe coming around to to just calling them surreal. Um, I I really really like the fact that these characters like almost all the stories are driven by just either their own neuroses, their own issues, or two people who we like or mostly like bumping up against one another. And well, like, the fact that they want different things, like it, it's, it's, it feels, it feels that I guess that, that's kind of the, the realness of it is the sense of just like, there's no one who's mustache twirling is kind of like, who's a character who's only there to get in their way. You know, that's, 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 I mean, I'll take your word for that and believe you because, like, there wasn't really enough time to get into that. So, yeah, 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 no, but that's, that's, I mean, that is a good thing. And, like, that's, that's, you know, sort of a hallmark of some of the best TV is when even someone who is, like, mostly the antagonist has enough nuance to make you root for them sometimes. And it seems like this is a thing where, like, 
as you said, it's 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 all about the relationships between the characters. So like some of them might be antagonists in certain situations where it's like yeah. So obviously in the in at least in what we've seen, for instance, of the conflict uh, later on when the kids are in elementary school mm-hmm. in the in the, you know, parents generation marriage, like, OK, so obviously Milo Ventimiglia is like more in the wrong there. He's sort of like, you know, he's the one who's kind of creating a problem and drinking too much while she's trying to, you know, but like but he's not a he's not an antagonist in the show overall. Or, for instance, like Kevin is is kind of the antagonist especially when they're kids in that that situation with his brother like he's totally in the wrong there clearly but he's not in the wrong all the time like no that's that is good and, and that's like and Mandy Moore deciding to keep secret the fact that she met up with oof. William like like the day after Randall was born you know keeping that secret from both her husband and from her son it's so funny because despite my uh, professed with multiple times within this episode um distaste for like big shocking gut punch kind of moments and twists and stuff that is one that I actually think would have worked a lot better if we didn't see the full exchange in the present where she said we had a deal you know if and she specifically said like you know he can't know that that like he could have had a chance to know you and I wouldn't give it to him it's like that that I don't know that kind of took everything out of her chasing down for me Chasing yeah. down the biological dad and talking to him and wondering where that conversation... It was like, well, I know where this conversation's going. I know well, no, what's the, happening here, kind of. This so. is not a spoiler. This is not a spoiler. But the reason they have that scene in there is to set up a future plot beat with William having to own up to the fact that he was complicit in this lie. That that basically... Um, it's not just about her keeping it from well, Randall, but it's also William keeping it from Randall. When Randall sit, comes by and, uh, you know, is, is talking about, like, his parents, that William doesn't say, like, oh, yeah, your mom, I met her that one time, you know? That's, <laughs> that's fine. It's... I, I just I just wish that they hadn't kind of revealed it... Yeah. ...before what I think would have been kind of the... the the better, more resonant moment. Like they could have shown almost the whole conversation that they did and just left it at, you know, we had a deal. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell him he found me. And like that implies most of it, but you still don't know. You don't know as much. You know what I mean? Like that's true. I just honestly, like if they, if you, if I could just excise just the line where Mandy Moore says like, he can't know that he could have had a chance to know you, and and I, like I said no, basically. Like if yeah. just without that, a little line, bit too explicit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that storyline to me would have Fair. landed a lot better, and I would have rather seen, would have rather had that like reveal a little bit in the past in her interaction with him rather than having her, you know, inform us in advance in the present yeah. what was going to have happened in the past. Who this is like a Doctor Who episode. Verb tenses talking about this show. Like, what <laughs> if anyone if anyone wants extra credit, you could diagram that last sentence that Emily <laughs> just spoke and then s- send that to us. You know, <laughs> yes. Um, tweet it at us. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm officially I think out of things to say about these three episodes. <laughs> Overall, sounds like maybe not for you. You're not going to keep on watching. I I am probably not going to keep watching. But I mean, yeah. I don't. You know, I don't. I certainly don't have the attitude toward the show that I did at the start of. Of, and it should and it should also be noted Peace that like, in our time <laughs> it should it should also be noted that that i i almost never nor i think do you almost ever come out of these and actually go and end up watching the whole series you did with crazy ex-girlfriend i did with doctor who but in general even when we like the thing a fair amount we we don't often immediately like immediately like add it to our personal watch lists and start going so like I, I want I want to set I want to put this in context in terms of me right. saying you know I'm probably not going <laughs> to continue watching this like that's actually super typical for this podcast <laughs> so I I really am going to watch the rest of the Sopranos at some point I really enjoy the Sopranos I just haven't done it okay right and I and I and I understand the struggle on that one because that's one yeah. where like there's that you know it took it took me a long time to actually start watching the Sopranos despite growing up in New Jersey and having everyone around me yeah. obsessed with it as we talked about <laughs> at the time because it's like there's so much of it and it's so intense and violent and. And, and but it, I know, I know it's good. I know I'm gonna enjoy well, and it. And that's how I've, I feel tried, too you know? about like about like Breaking Bad, which I haven't seen at all. And I'm like, I know I know it's good. Everyone says it's like one of the best shows there is. But like <laughs> someday I'll watch it. But there's so much of it, and there's so much TV. <sighs> it's exhausting. I th- yeah, and then plus you know 
those episodes of Friends aren't going to rewatch themselves. So right, you know, which I think is something episode... I think is something that you have said on another recent episode of this podcast. Oh, is it really? I'm, I'm a broken record. <laughs> I mean, so is my rewatching of Friends and Thirty Rock and Archer and a variety of other shows. So, speaking of things, I always say, Emily, what are we going to be watching next week? Speaking of rewatching Thirty Rock, uh, we <laughs> believe it or not, um, I actually have a friend who's never watched Thirty Rock and who would love Thirty Rock. Uh, which honestly, I think any reasonable human would, because it's brilliant. But mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, we we will be joined by my dear friend Sarah, uh, who who's going to watch some some Thirty Rock with us, which uh, which is going to be noob episode. Yes, a guest noob episode. Um, and I mean that's going to be that's going to be like a real struggle for both of us to bring ourselves to go back and watch some episodes of 30 rock as such a slog i know, you know? and such a, <laughs> such a burden for us i totally so. didn't watch an episode of 30 rock today so <laughs> <laughs> until then emily where else can we find you on the internet i am on twitter where you can yell at me about this is us all you want uh it's at ej reports and i am on twitter where you can sing the praises of this is us along with me at hey hey esj this is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob turning lemons into lemonade. Something like lemonade. Something resembling lemonade. That's it. Damn it, Gerald McCraney. Why are you so good at speeches? We will never, never live up to you. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNpodcast.com. Catch a boat to England, baby, maybe to Spain Wherever I have gone, wherever I've been and gone Wherever I have gone, the blues are all the same Send out for whiskey, baby, send out for gin Me and room service, honey Me and room service, babe Me and room service, well, we're living a life of sin Me and room service, honey